You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 269. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 269. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, I think we're already in kind of a little bit of a silly mood today. A little bit. So we'll see how the hell this goes today. Not sure. <laughs> but we could go sideways here pretty quickly. I'm really kind of fucking proud of us because we both were kind of snippy and cranky and we were owning our shit about it. I don't know what it. you're talking about. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but we really changed our mood around. We did. We did. We switched it right on up. We did that. It all for you people. Coincidentally. all for you. We did it all for you. That's true. And we actually changed that state by remembering when we did a podcast episode where we had helium. It was a, a he- mic check. It was mm-hmm. mic check. Yeah. But we did a little bit. Did we do some on the You pod did like the Would You Rather or something with helium. I did? It was Ooh, so long ago. I have no idea even what episode that is, how to find it. We've got to do that. An episode of... Mic checks. Just like the ridiculous things that happen yeah, with our mic so checks. Funny. Anyway. Anyway, we digress. As we do all the time. All Thank the you time. for still being here. And we are going to be talking <laughs> about a really cool communication topic. And I don't know if you guys remember this. It I did an episode ages ago, like literally years ago, where I did a true and false edition around an inner critic concept, and I basically did a quiz with you. Oh, that's and right, I'm like, and I okay, got to answer the questions, yeah. How well do you know if I remember, right. the facts about inner critic? And you, I have to say, my friend, were six out of six. I, I, I showed up. So I definitely showed up. The stakes are me. high. I was on my A game. That's right, because today we're going to be doing true and false communication edition. Oh, shit. Well, let's see if I got it. And I think, you guys, this as I was coming up with this, I felt like I had so much stuff around communication. So I think I'm actually going to do two volumes of this. Oh, wow. So we're going to be putting you through the ringer, Mr. Smith, we're since gonna... you like to be the voice of the people. See what kind of communicado I got? He loves to tell me that he's the voice of the people. I'm the voice and the eyebrow of the people. <laughs> oh, dear. So we have six different questions or I guess statements that I'm going to share with you. And I want everybody to play along at home and decide if you think that it's true or false. So that is, that's coming up. So I'm hoping that if you've hung out with us a long enough time to listen to me go off about communication shit, that you're like, "Mm, I got this. I got this. And I tried to not make them like trick questiony. They should be pretty straightforward. Oh, good. No multiple choice. Nope. I mean, you can't have multiple choice if it's true and false. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. I Thank thought you. about that, though. I thought about just fill in the blank or mm. short answer. I don't know. I might quiz you guys. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Play with it a little bit. You know, get creative. Wait, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but before we get really serious, of course, we've got to have your segment, babe. Oh, yes. And we call that segment... Would you rather... And today... I got to just warn you guys, we're going lowbrow. Low. We're going super lowbrow right now. We're Be- just sophomore as we get. Because this is a classy ass show. Okay, you're right. 
because that's what we do. We class the shit out of this place. (laughs) All right. Would you rather eat a pube sandwich? Yikes. Or drink a vomit shake? (gasps) Oh. Just chunky and... (laughs) Yeah, disgusting. Both of them are pretty bad. I... <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I That's just like, I'm going to And there's no other options, okay? No like, oh well I'm gonna put fake pubes in my sandwich or oh I'm gonna get fake vomit. No. Or like the vomit real. was all water or something right. dumb like that. Okay. It's like I think I would go with the pube sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, here's my reasoning. Okay, let's hear it. Because at least I could have some good gluten. <laughs> he like, well, if I can eat the bread, then I'm good. But I feel like that provides kind of a buffer yeah. against the curlies. The curlies. <laughs> and the seasoned curlies. The seasoned curlies. I feel like I could actually get that down. I don't yeah. think I could get vomit I shake down. I am on board with pube sandwich. You are? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm, oh, my I'm gosh. I'm team pubes. Speaking of would you rather, I have to tell you, this is so funny. I forgot to even tell you this. So there is a brilliant listener out there. This is a shout out to you who recently purchased a program of mine. And I just noticed it the other day in the notes section. She wrote, please include all of the tiny giraffes. <laughs> tiny giraffes some, and uh, some, tiny rhinos are, are hits. They're a big hit. But she something like that, like, Please also send all of the tiny tiny giraffes. Tiny giraffes on the way. So for that listener, you know what you're going to get? Yep. A warm fuzzy. Fuzzy. Let's hear it. Yay! Yeah. I like warm fuzzies. That's right. I don't get to use that as much as I, I like. So you're going with pube sandwich? I am. All right. Me too. Just because it- I just don't think I can get a vomit shakedown. Just too much of the smell of it. Just ugh. Yeah. But a pube sandwich, I'm like, yeah, it's a little wiry and crunchy and whatever, but... Wow. <laughs> it's all stuck in your tooth. Yeah. Ew! Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Would you get it out for me? That's, That's fucking teamwork. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Tenacious D hit. Wow. Wow. Uh, I am really excited to say that there are some Tenacious D there fans is. in our audience. That's but right. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about communication, and right. we're going to quiz your asses here. Let's do it. Before we jump into this, though, I did want to mention that we talk about the Would You Rather every single week over in my After Hours oh, Facebook yeah. community, completely free, additional resources for you. I always do a bonus Q&A training every single week where I answer your questions. There's always additional coupon codes. And the best thing about it is it's camaraderie with other people who are in your same boat. Absolutely. If you want to come hang out with us, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over there to the Facebook group. And I run a tight ship, so you're not going to get a bunch of people selling their shit on there. Like, that is not permissible. But if you want to tell us if you're on Team Pube Sandwich or Team (laughs) Vomit vomit Shake... <laughs> We're a different flavor of personal development here yeah, over at Joy yeah. Junkie. Cheese and vomit kind of flavor. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so let's quiz. These are a bunch of statements about how to handle yourself inside either a tough conversation, boundaries, confronting an issue with somebody. These might be related to a romantic relationship. It could be family. I really didn't want to pigeonhole the relationship. I wanted to look at just communication tactics overall. 
with people in your world. So here's the first one, Mr. Smith. You ready? First one. Let's do it. All right. If the convo starts to become intense and angry, the best course of action is to call a timeout. True. What say you, Joy Junkie community? You're right. It is true. Yay. One for one. All right. So that is true. Now, the way you can call a timeout, though, is uh, as creative as you want. Like whistle really loud and put your hands in the timeout position. (laughs) Or just shake back and forth and go like, no, 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 (laughs) no. All right. So those are not, those are actually not legitimate suggestions. Please don't do that. (laughs) But what I'm saying is you don't necessarily even have to be verbal. You could agree with your partner or with your best friend or mom or sibling or whoever that if you're talking about a subject where you're both getting really intense or heated, maybe you do like an actual timeout symbol with your hands where you Mm -hmm. don't even have to worry about your tone of voice or your inflection. You can just kind of say like, hey, I'm at my breaking point. Maybe we could table this. And that would be an agreement between the two of you that... Got to respect the T. You got to respect the T. And you can do a bunch of other tactics. Obviously, you and I will say things like, you know what? I think we need to table this or I think I need a little bit of a break. Sure. Usually, if you continue to yell and scream, you continue to get nowhere. If you can address that at the beginning and go, we're not getting anywhere, we should probably just call a timeout, Mm -hmm. then that's what you do. Now, I will say that there are some cultures or like family dynamics where everybody's just loud. And the only way for you to be heard in your family of origin because of your your family culture. And I don't necessarily mean your like culture of origin. I just mean the dynamics inside your family, how this operates. Okay. You might just yell and scream and like the only way to be hurt, you talk over each other. And I'm not necessarily talking about that volume. I'm talking about if either party is shutting down, shutting down or becoming extremely angry or in a really volatile emotional place. That's when you say things you don't mean. Exactly. And you can't take it back. And a lot of times when you're communicating out of a really negative emotion, like like anger or frustration or shame or fear, most of the time you will say things that do not progress your agenda. Sure. You don't get anywhere. All right. So good job, Mr. Smith. All right. Ready for number two? Sure. All right. When establishing boundaries or having tough conversations, the most important skill is utilizing your tone of voice. I'm going to say true. That is true. Ooh, okay. Very good. I was kind of on the fence about that one. How so? Well, I mean, there's a lot of other things that apply. So I was just making sure that tone of voice would be the number one thing. Right. Yeah. The most kind of the most important. paramount or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So essentially all communication can be distilled down to how you say it. Mm-hmm. You can ask for a divorce. You can ask your adult children to move out of the house. Sure. You can tell your best friend you're not available to attend her wedding. You can do all of these things through the kindest delivery. You can be incredibly frustrated with your ex, let's say, who didn't pick up your kid when they were supposed to. Yeah. Does that mean that their behavior is excusable? No. Not at all. But if you go at them like a banshee or a bat out of hell, it's likely that they will not hear anything that you say. Does it mean that your anger isn't warranted? Of course not. Like if you, if your ex 
fails to pick up your child, you have every reason in the world to be pissed. However, communicating from that place of pissed offedness very rarely gets you what you want. But what happens is we justify that. We go, what they did was so incredibly shitty that I am validated in my delivery. I am Mm. allowed to yell and scream. And so we negate our responsibility of how we convey Mm. that emotion. Is is your anger understandable? Absolutely. Is it effective as communication? Absolutely not. So in those situations, I always say, get your anger out for sure. You're allowed to be pissed. Yell and scream in your bathroom. You know, beat the shit out of your bed. Go for a drive (laughs) at park somewhere and scream like crazy. Scribble on a piece of paper. Go to a kickboxing class. Address your anger, but know that if what you really want is to rectify an issue inside of that dynamic – you are going to need to control your tone of voice. Hmm. Now, I really was on the fence with this because I kind of thought, gosh, tone of voice is paramount. It really, really is. But you know what else is? Is vulnerability. Coming to a situation softly. If you're apologizing, let's say. Say, like, this is really, this is really hard for me to say, but I want to get this out because you really, you really deserve it. A statement like that is wildly vulnerable. Those sorts of things tend to break down barriers inside of relationships like that. If you embody vulnerability, it's likely that you are going to foster that from the other person. If you go in with a place of walls up, I'm right, I'm defending myself, I'm going to be a little more assertive, I'm going to be biting, then it's likely that that person will mimic. It's highly unlikely that if you come at somebody like a bat out of hell, that they will respond vulnerably and go, you know what? I totally understand your point. If someone didn't pick up my kid, I would, I would expect them to say that though. You know, like I'm using that example, but for the most part, I think you're right. If you're, if you're coming to say, even if you said, look, my initial reaction was just to yell and scream at you because I was really pissed. Yeah. But I checked that and I really thought, you know what? You deserve to be talked to like a human. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to approach it a different way and just kind of set it up that way. That gives both the idea that, yeah, I'm pissed off. Yeah. And that you're vulnerable and being respectful. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now, I'm not saying in a situation like that, like I do think that there are times when, when grace and kindness don't work. In fact, I did a podcast specifically about uh, that. That's right. And so – I'm going to actually link to that in the show notes for you guys as well, because I do think that there are very rare times when you do need to unleash on somebody in order to be of impact. Like it needs to be that intense to break through to somebody. Uh But I truly believe that it's exhausting all of your other efforts prior to that. Now, with that scenario, again, like I said, that is why it is imperative that you expel at least a little bit of that energy before you jump on the phone and rip them a new one. Right. I think it becomes a little bit of a boy crying wolf too. If you use that tactic all the time, it's like, no, that's just how she is or that's just how he is. Always flying off the handle. Always flying off the handle, always yelling. So, eh, whatever. You know, and it's not taken as seriously. Like, use that when it's absolutely necessary. Very good point. Okay, number three. If you have a family member, a friend, or a colleague who is engaging in unhealthy behavior, the best thing to do is to very gently and softly give them advice and tell them what to do. I'm going to go false on that one. Why so? I think telling people what to do 
hardly ever works. That's right. I don't think that, I think most people that are doing unhealthy behavior realize that they're doing unhealthy behavior. Right. <laughs> they don't need someone else to tell them that it's unhealthy or what they should be doing. I think the way you should come at it is more of as a uh, support and show your concern mm-hmm. and say, what can I do to help you be more healthy? Right. I think right. that's a better angle. Am I right? You are right. Yeah, Very three good. Three bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Like, let's say you have a friend who keeps going back to the boyfriend or girlfriend that they complain about all the time. And you always get an earful of all the shit that's going wrong. And you like to offer advice. They never take it. You get frustrated. And you are fighting harder for their life than they are. Mm -hmm. But they're not listening to anything that you have to say. Or let's say you have a parent. I had this situation where my a parent of mine. (laughs) Apparently, it's a parent. Apparently, who would hoard, you know, Uh had sort of like hoarding tendencies and wouldn't let go of things. And I had a lot of very specific ideas about what this person should and shouldn't do, right? Mm -hmm. And I was focused on that. I was focused on, you need to do this. You cannot keep doing this. You cannot keep keeping all of these things. You cannot. And guess how well that worked? Right? It didn't. How many times have you told that best friend, like, you deserve better. You need to knock it off with this person. You need to stop being involved, you know? How many of them really listen to you? Yeah. How many of your kids listen to you (laughs) when you tell them what to do, right? If you are concerned about somebody's behavior, then you say that. Then you share that. And you say, and I again, obviously, I've had to learn this the hard way and through tons and tons and tons of practice. But in my situation, I said, listen, I know that you you are just, you have such good intentions. And I really think you believe that you're going to get to those things, mm-hmm. you know? And where this all comes from is I just genuinely love you and I want you to be happy and I don't want you to be stressed about your environment. So here's the deal. Like, give me a yell. I had to establish a boundary. I had to say, here's the, I will not go through what you should keep and what you should get rid of. I'll help you with unloading things, packing up, donating things to charity. I will help you with that sort of thing, painting your house, anything like that. What I will not do any longer is I won't, I would call it haggle the horde. I won't haggle the horde. I <laughs> won't sort through everything. Sort yeah. through shit. I'm going to allow that to be your responsibility. So in that situation where I saw somebody doing an unhealthy behavior, I didn't tell them what to do, but I said, if you continue to choose this behavior, here's what my choice is. Then, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. here's how I can support you. With a situation like a friend who's involved with somebody who you really deem detrimental. And I've had that situation a few times as well. I would speak up to them and say, hey, listen, I hear so much of your suffering and it's really hard for me to see you continue to do the same behavior that leads to that suffering. I have thoughts about this. I do, you know, and I would love to really share them with you. Are you open to hearing them? Yeah. If they are, great. You can have an awesome dialogue. If they're not, that's okay too. And again, a boundary might be in order. And I've advocated for people to do this as well to say, hey, listen, 
I don't think I can any longer provide you the support you need around that relationship. Mm. I can't be the one that you turn to to talk about that because it's too stressful and concerning for me to hear it and have not and to feel so helpless and to believe that you're really a lot better than that. So a lot of times with situations where somebody else is involved in unhealthy behavior, whether it is addiction, whether it is they're cheating on somebody, you might have to establish a boundary inside of that. But I will tell you that your go-to of you need to do this, you need to do that, very often, if not always, falls on deaf ears. Sure. It comes across condescending. It comes across that, oh, you think you know better than me. And we know very concretely that people do not change. They don't change any sort of behavior unless they feel understood. So if they don't feel seen, if they don't feel heard, for instance, if my mom just feels like, well, there I did, I split. <laughs> well, you guys know my my father has passed. Um, so, but if I if I tell her, you know, like, oh my gosh, you live in this, and I can't believe you allow this, and I can't believe you won't get rid of that, she doesn't feel understood. She doesn't feel like I have any understanding of the value that those things have in her world. And we do this a lot with family. Where we just want our, you know, younger sibling to get their head out of their ass mm-hmm. and apply themselves and right. create the career instead of being, you know, abusing drugs or whatever. And we think that if we nitpick and tell them why they're so wrong, that that will magically reroute them. Mm-hmm. So what you have to understand in those scenarios is that the love is real. The concern is real. The compassion for them is real. How you communicate comes out as condescension. Right. So watch how you communicate. Are you communicating from that love, compassion, and concern? Most of the time, no. Most of the time, yeah. You're right. So if you would walk through the scenario and go, okay, I would normally say, how can you do this? Like, how can you keep going back to him? Or you know that shit makes you crazy. Stop doing that drug or stop dicking around on Facebook for 40 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, obviously we know there's not 40 hours in a day. But if we keep doing those sorts of things, those people don't ever hear you. They don't feel understood, and they sure shit aren't going to do anything different. Mm -hmm. Because they go, my sister doesn't get it. My daughter doesn't get it. She just yells at me. My bestie just always tells me why I'm I'm awful. Yeah. And most of the time, they're grappling with some sort of issue around that as well. Like, they turn to numbing out on Facebook, or they turn to drugs, or they're not applying themselves because of shit that's happening with them. Right? Things that are going on with them. But if we don't search and try and get curious to understand people, we cannot affect change at all. So you are absolutely correct. The best thing to do is to be vulnerable and honest about how their unhealthy behavior is impacting your relationship. And if you are going to need to establish any type of boundary and be sure to communicate everything from a place of love, concern, and compassion. Okay. Sounds good. I like it. Let's do number four. If more than six months has passed since you messed up and kind of made a mistake and had a falling out with somebody in your life, it is too late to circle back and apologize. That's false. Yeah? Yeah. How come? Pretty secure about that. Oh, yeah? Feeling confident? That's your final answer? Well, I, unless there was some boundary that you put up of, look, when when you decide to apologize, then we can talk or, you know, you've kind of put the ball in their court, that 
would be different. But if there was just a falling out and we just haven't talked for six months, then I can definitely think that there's uh, the ability to go back. You are correct again. You're Booyah. four for four. It has no bearing on your ability to apologize based off of how much time has gone by. This is one of the things that I see people allow ruin relationships. They've done something they're not proud of. Perhaps the other person has as well. All I'm saying is you know that you've either said or done something to this person unbefitting of you. You're not happy about it. And then it changed the relationship dynamic in some way. Maybe you aren't conversing at all. Maybe you are, but it's sort of this weird underlying thing that you never really resolved. You can always, always, always circle back and apologize. It doesn't matter if it's six months. It doesn't matter if it's six years. It doesn't matter if it's 60 years. You can always go back and say, from a vulnerable place again, mm-hmm. which is one of the most challenging things for people to step sure. into. Absolutely. It's hard for us to be vulnerable with people we like, let alone somebody mm-hmm. we right. wronged and we feel all you know shameful about it. But to go in and say, hey, listen, shit that happened with us 10 years ago, I still harbor a lot of guilt about how I spoke to you or about me not coming through for you or leaving you high and dry, whatever you did. Mm-hmm. And just say, I... I just want to share with you my deepest, deepest apologies. And I know that obviously things have changed, our lives have gone on, but I know that what you truly deserve is an apology. And no matter how much time has gone by, I just really believe that you deserve that. And so here I am. And reply if you want, don't feel any obligation. I just want I just wanted to throw that out into the space that I recognized that I was wrong. And for that, I am deeply sorry. And in fact, I did a podcast specifically about apologizing and what really goes into a solid apology and how to not say, and I do think that there were some things that you did wrong too, or I don't think that you're guilt free or, you know, it's not, it's not about that, but if we're really staying true to this particular statement, the time limit doesn't matter. You can always circle back. And that also goes for issues in your relationship. So if, for instance, something has gone on in this, this I see all the time. Let's say it's a best friend and you've tolerated a specific type of behavior for like six years that you've been friends. Let's say they are always they're always saying something negative about a specific race, let's say, and it's really offensive to you. And they kind of always make it off as a joke. I see a lot of people who go, I've been silent this whole time for mm. six years. So there's no way I can bring this up. Now, uh, granted, here, we're, we're not talking about an apology. Sure. But, but you can- Time related. But related to that, oh, too much time has gone by. Mm-hmm. Too much time has gone by is typically a fucking excuse. Sure. Because there's something intuitive that's pulling at you going, you need to make this right. Right. You need, why do you think AA is full of amends, right? Like that's a big piece of it is I need to go own my shit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much time has gone by. I think the other thing that you might be mentioning, you might be going towards, but if you, if you are in the place where you, you feel like you're the one that needs to apologize, be prepared that that apology may not be accepted. That's right. You know, you have to. Leave that ball in their court. Right. That's something that might sideswipe you if you're not careful. That's right. right. The 
purpose of delivering that apology truly needs to be from a place of, I owe it to this person. Mm -hmm. And I know that it is in service of both of us for me to put this into the ether. You cannot go into an apology like that from the perspective of, here's the result I want from them. Here's the response I want from them. That is a recipe for disaster. All you can do is go in and say, here's who I want to be. Here's how I want to deliver this information. And I will handle whatever the response is back. And knowing that they are responsible for their response to you. Sure. Period. Yeah. But the same is true for any sort of behavior that you've tolerated for a really long time. You know, perhaps you've tolerated a behavior from your in-laws, something they do with your kids. Let's say they always give them food that you don't appreciate, you know, sugary food or things that you don't believe in. And you keep letting it slide and you've let it slide for 10 years, let's say. And now you want to establish a boundary and your inner critic in your head goes, oh, it's been too long. You you should have said something sooner. You tolerated yeah. it too much. We change, my friend. You get to establish a new boundary anytime you want. If you need to change dynamics inside of a relationship, which you will and won't tolerate, if you need to circle back and own your shit and apologize, doesn't matter how much time's gone by. Period. Done and done. Do it. Do it. Okay, number Five. I'm four for four, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A person you love dearly is upset about a work situation. The best thing to say to them is, how can I support you the best? True. Very good, Mr. Smith. Five for five. five. For five. I'm so proud of you. I'm fist bumping, if you can't believe. <laughs> fist pump, pumping? Yeah, fist pumping. Pumping, bumping? Yeah. I don't know. Something. What do the kids say? <laughs> <laughs> This is very, very true. So this is sort of the opposite of what we were talking about earlier. When somebody is upset about something or you see a problem happening in their life and your instinct is to fix it, the best thing is to not try to fix it. Most of the time, that is not what they're asking for. They might say, I don't know what to do. I would love your advice. Mm -hmm. That's a different scenario. But what I usually will advocate for is to tell them that your instinct is to tell them what to do. So for instance, this person's upset about a work scenario and they start going off about, and my boss this, and then my coworker this, and I couldn't even believe it in this meeting and I'm so frustrated. And your instinct is, I'm going to tell you what to do. So instead, you can tell your friend, I'll be really honest, my first gut instinct is I want to tell you exactly how you should handle this, but I don't think that's going to be helpful for you. So I'm just going to throw it to you. How can I be amazing for you? How can I support you the best? What do you need from me? Any number of those questions. Did you have a question, Mr. Smith? Uh, No, I'm just stretching. Oh, (laughs) Mr. Smith, front row. (laughs) Absolutely. All you have to do, instead of coming to everybody's rescue and offering all this sage wisdom, all you have to do is ask them what they want. In fact, I had a friend of mine who lost her father a few years back, and that's what I said to her. I said, my instinct to you is to share with you all of my lessons of grief. And that might be wildly unhelpful to you of where you are right now. So I'm going to throw it to you and just say, how can I be awesome? Are there things that you really don't want me to say that aren't helpful? Are there things that you do? And if you don't know and just want to keep me posted, that's fine too. Sure. That gives them a lot of freedom and 
Remember what I was talking about, about being understood? That makes somebody feel understood. Like they see that my problem is unique, that I'm going through a hard time, and they're not going to just boss me around and tell me what to do or project their experience on me. Sure. Yes. This is communication hack number one. (laughs) Just ask, how can I be amazing for you? What can I do to help? Yeah. In fact, we just had this the (laughs) other day where for whatever reason... I got this bug up my ass to save this butterfly that was floundering around. <laughs> and I I still don't know why I was so impacted by this butterfly, but I was really upset about it, trying to nurse it back to health, took my dog for a walk. It ends up getting eaten. I come back to just wing crumbs, and I'm so sad <laughs> oh, and distraught. And, and you were so sweet to just say – you were like, oh, my sensitive girl. But then you were like, seriously, babe, what do you need around this? Like, how can I be great for you? Most people, if they don't understand, they go, why are you so fucking worked up about a butterfly? Sure. They just make you wrong. Instead of saying, I see you. I see that you're having an emotional response. How can I be amazing for you? Even if I don't get what's going on with you. Right, 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 right. All right. Well, the other thing I said during that was, you know, what can I do to help? And, you know, it, is there something else that's going on underneath of that? You might just look and see. And check in. Right. And you also said that with a very specific cadence, with vulnerability, and also with a kindness in your voice, not an accusation, was not loaded. So again, that's why I'm telling you guys that the number one piece of communication, the number one skill is your tone of voice, your cadence, your inflection. Okay, final question. Final statement. If someone says something offensive in your company, the best thing to do is sweep it under the rug until it happens a second time. I want to say true. Ah, just kidding, false. Oh, I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, he wrecked his streak. He wrecked his streak. It is false. It is false. Bottom line is... Do not allow your silence to make you a liar. Do not allow your silence to make you complicit into something you find wildly offensive. Mm. It is a statement to your integrity. It is a statement to your self-worth. It's a subconscious message that what you think and feel fucking matters. It is important that you give voice to these sorts of things because it will happen a second time because they go, oh, she didn't say anything. He doesn't Mm. give a shit. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also feel very strongly that there's a lot of situations where, especially right now in our culture, where there's so much heated controversy around race and sexism and our politics and all of that stuff. Everything, yeah. And there's so much happening that we can't just assume that people view things the way we do. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think you have to open up a can of worms. If somebody says something offensive in your space, you can go, you know what? I'll be really honest with you, that doesn't sit well with me. I do kind of find that offensive. So I'm just going to politely excuse myself. Sure. You don't have to go, how could you say that and like get all involved, right? Speaking up for yourself can be very calm, chill, and just walking away. Sure. Right? Sure. Well, my friend, you did very, very well. Oh, am I six for six? You are six. You're actually 12 for 12 12 because of the last one. So we'll see what happens on volume two of the communication edition. We're very curious to hear how you guys did. So be sure to come over to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, hang out with us in after hours and share with us how well you did. We talk about that, like the biggest takeaway of the pod every single Monday. So come hang out. And if you're looking to dig deeper 
my goodness, excuse me. Is that a verb? All burpy. Not quite a verb. Not a verb. No, just just gross. But if you stop, if you want to, (laughs) you're ruining my pitch. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How can I be awesome for you? (laughs) Oh, I got him. Shut up. I've created a monster. (laughs) If you want to dig deeper, I am going to be unveiling sort of the new iteration of Deep Down and Dirty. It's getting completely overhauled. Completely overhauled. I'm so thrilled about it. I'm excited for you. A lot more specialized attention to people. So if you want to be the first to know about that as it comes into the world, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash DDD. You just get your name on a specific list. And I'll give a shout out to you when it becomes available. For all of you guys who signed up for information in June, just know that things changed unexpectedly for me, but it's all in service of creating a much richer experience for all the students who opt to go through that. More more on that to come. But if you want in on that list, be sure to get your name on, on the joyjunkie.com slash DDD. All right. Anything else you wanted to throw in the space, babe? Mm, I think I've thrown enough today. All right. Yeah, I've thrown my uh, perfect record. That's right. That's that. right. Got that going for me. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. All right, guys. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ow.